So this is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 29. The Son is the, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth all things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We thank God for his word. So I'd just like to introduce Mike. Mike um, was a vicar for 20 years and for the last few years has been the um, Director of Church Growth for Manchester Diocese um, and he's standing in for Simon today, he's away. So very welcome Mike, thank you for coming. Great, thank you for that welcome. It's lovely to be with you today and it's great to have you all here this morning, whether you're long time people from the area, whether you've recently moved to the area, or whether you're visiting for today, whatever your situation, it's really good to have you around and to start to build something new at this time on a Sunday morning is, is really exciting. And I've got a really strong sense that exciting things are going to be happening in this place in the years to come, which is brilliant. Uh, before I preach, let me just um, say a short prayer. Let, let's just be quiet for a moment and let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will take my words and uh, speak through them. And I pray that you'll take our hearts and speak a fresh challenge to them this morning. Amen. And the other thing just to mention is if there are any noises from any children or anything, that's absolutely fine. That's great. We like that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to tell you, I've got a friend who's a, a church leader and he once visited a school to lead an assembly. And after the assembly, a girl 
came up to him because she wanted a bit of a quiet word. And it was around Christmas time and this friend, the church leader, had been giving a talk on the meaning of Christmas. Anyway, this girl came up to him afterwards and said, is it all right if I, if I ask you a question? And he said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, she said she'd never heard the story of Jesus before. It was completely new to her. And she had a question. And the question was, why was it that Mary called her baby after a swear word? <laughs> Serious question. She, she, it was a genuine question. For this girl who was growing up in the 21st century, all she knew about the name of Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ. That's the only time she'd ever heard it. She didn't know. It, it was news to her that Jesus was a person, that he did miracles, or that he rose from the dead, or that he claimed to be God. She'd never heard any of that before. And, and she wasn't from another faith. She hadn't only just moved to this country. She was an average girl in an average town. And the only time she'd heard the name of Jesus was people saying, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ. And that got me thinking. And what it got me thinking was, how would I explain to somebody who Jesus was? And what he means to Christians, why, he's, why Jesus is important for Christians. And if you like, most important of all, what did Jesus mean to me? What does he mean for me today? And that might be something that you have a bit of a think about this week. If, if you know somebody at work or at school or in the community who knows nothing at all about Jesus and they were to say to you, so who's, who's Jesus? What, why is he so important for Christians? What would you say? Have a, have a bit of a think about that this week. Because it's this whole question of who Jesus is and his significance that we find in the reading we've just heard from Colossians this morning. And I, I know on Sunday mornings you're going through the book of Colossians at the moment. Uh, so quickly rewind the film and we find out why Paul was writing a, a letter to the Colossians in the first place. So the Colossians were people from the town of Colossae, which is in what we call Turkey. And Colossae was a town in decline. It used to be the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the region, but by the time that Paul was writing a letter there um, in the first century, it, it was a kind of market town, a bit smaller than Bury. So did Paul enjoy visiting Colossae? Well, he never went there. He never actually visited. The first Christian who went to Colossae was a friend of Paul's called Epaphras. Um, and Epaphras had become a Christian when he heard Paul preaching in the city of Ephesus that was not very far away. That was a big city. And then Epaphras took the gospel message to the town of Colossae, which was inland a bit. Uh, uh, Ephesus was near the coast, and this was inland a bit. Now, if we fast forward a few years, Epaphras visits his friend Paul, and by that stage, Paul is in Italy, he's in Rome, and he's under arrest. He's under what we call house arrest. He was at home, 
but he had guards on the door keeping an eye on him because the Romans saw him as a troublemaker. And Epaphras tells Paul that this new church in Colossae has got problems. Uh, They're starting to believe some very weird and wacky things. So Paul writes a letter to the church in Colossae tackling head-on some of the problems that they're facing. And one of the issues that he highlights is who is Jesus? What's the significance of Jesus? Incidentally, I must just tell you about my attempt to visit the site of Colossae a few years ago. Um, I had a bit of a sabbatical little break from ministry and I went to see New Testament sites in Turkey. Great, really interesting. Um, Driving around in a car, visiting some of the places that are named in the New Testament. Because we normally think about the Bible being set in Israel. But a surprising number of the New Testament sites are in Greece or in Turkey. So I went to Turkey and I started on the coast of the Aegean Sea. And that's the the coast on the west that looks across towards Greece. And I went to Ephesus, as in the Ephesians. And I went to a place called Pergamum and Miletus and other places that are named in the Bible. And then I went further inland and I went to a place called Hierapolis, where they have hot springs, where the Romans used to um, have do bathing. And a place called Laodicea, just down the road from Hierapolis and you can read about all of them in the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible and I knew that about five or six miles away from these places was the the site of Colossae where Paul wrote the letter to the Colossians so I jumped in the car and I drove around trying to find it now the problem with finding Colossae is that it's never been dug up They haven't excavated it in the way that they have all the other towns. So Colossae is a bump in a field in Turkey at the moment. And I I didn't know which bump in which field. So I drove around for ages um, and saw lots of fields, but it wasn't clear to me which one was Colossae, and there were no signs. Um, The nearest I came to finding Colossae was going to a nearby village. Uh, and I saw local people sitting at card tables drinking Turkish coffee. So I never did find Colossae, but I saw some real-life Colossians having cups of coffee. Um, Anyway, the heart of what Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians is this. If we're trying to get our head around the biggest questions of life and faith, Jesus is unbelievably important. So here's my quick stab at answering the question, what Jesus means to me. And what I want to do is just draw on some of the things that Paul says about Jesus in our reading. And I'm going to use three words. Above, beside, and below. Above, beside, and below. So I'm going to tell you about why I believe Jesus is above me, and beside me, and below me. If that sounds weird... I'll explain what I mean. So first of all, above. Now lots of people can relate to the humanity of Jesus, Jesus the human being. They can see a man suffering for his beliefs 
And if you look at the stained glass windows, you'll see images of Jesus on the cross or Jesus being brought down from the cross. So you've got pictures in this very church that remind you of that aspect of who Jesus was. In art, we see a lot about the humanity of Jesus. And in fact, a lot of people will tell you that Jesus was nothing more than a man with a simple message of love and forgiveness. That the whole Christian faith, some people say, was concocted later by later figures. And some people say the real Jesus was a moral teacher who then got done in by the authorities. But if you look at the accounts of the life of Jesus by the people who first knew him and met him, they saw him as more than a man who suffered for his beliefs. And Jesus himself claims to be so much more than that. And that's what Paul wants to underline in this letter to the Colossians. Let me just remind you of some of the phrases that we use, uh, that Paul uses in that reading. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And in Jesus, he says, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In other words, he says, Jesus, the man who walked the earth, was actually God in human form. Wow. He says Jesus was involved in the creation of the world. He says, in him, in Jesus, all things in heaven and on earth were created. Wow. He says, Jesus is above all earthly powers, thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, conservative party elections. That's, that's not what Paul says. I've just added that bit. He says, in Jesus, all things hold together. And in Jesus, God brings peace and wholeness into people's lives and into the world. It's hard to imagine anybody saying anything stronger and more inspiring, awe-inspiring, about who Jesus is. So Jesus is above me because he's not just an inspiring teacher. He is that, but he's more than that. He's actually, says Paul, he's God in human form. He's the Lord of the ages. He's the King of kings. He's the one to whom every knee should bend. And, and that's the central truth in the Christian faith, that Jesus is really important. Jesus is God in human form. So as Christians, we don't simply find out about God. We don't simply pray to God, although we do. It's a Jesus thing. And one thing a Christian should never do is downplay the importance of Jesus. It's a Jesus thing, our faith, from beginning to end. So that's my number one. That's the longest. Jesus is above me. Number two, Jesus is beside me. Um, do you know the story in the Gospels about the couple walking down the road to a town called Emmaus and they find that there's somebody walking beside them and eventually they realise that that person walking beside them is Jesus. They'd seen Jesus die with their own eyes but this is now Jesus risen from the dead. He's actually in a new physical body, walking with them on their journey. And I believe Jesus does the same for me. He's not only above me as Lord, 
He's alongside me as a, as a traveling companion. Every day of my life, he's traveling the journey with me. And I can talk to Jesus about anything and everything. He's the one who knows me better than I know myself. And because Jesus is journeying beside me, I'm never alone. And, and it's worth remembering that in, a, in an age that we live in where there are quite a lot of scary things going on. Whether it's illnesses like COVID, whether it's war in different parts of the world, whether it's uncertainty closer to home, whether it's economic problems in the nation or, or, or in our own families. There's all kinds of stuff going on around us. And that could very easily pull us down into a place of despair. But the reason Jesus is important for me, one of the reasons is that he's walking beside me and he understands me and he's with me every step of the journey. So I never need to lose hope in the way that some people are tempted to. So Jesus is above me, number one. Number two, he's beside me. And number three, he's below me. Now, what I mean by that is this. One of the things that shocked Jesus's contemporaries, the people who were around at the time of Jesus, was the company that Jesus kept. If you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see Jesus spends so much of his time with, with prostitutes, with disabled people, with sick people, uh, all the people who in those days were kind of a bit pushed out and put on one side. And, and, and people who were, who were, you know, who were doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, criminals. Those are the people that Jesus spends most of his time with. And another thing that shocked Jesus' contemporaries is that the people he criticizes most are the religious leaders. It's all very odd and unexpected. But for me, I find that reassuring because I know how often I mess things up in my life. I'm not always a very patient person. Um, sometimes I can get upset and resentful about things. I, I do have a faith that's real, but I don't always live it out in the real world in the ways that I would like to. And when I read the stories of Jesus, the people I identify with most very often are the people who've made a mess of things, more than the priests and the very holy people. And I said that these contemporaries of Jesus saw him as God in human form. Now, if that's true, and it is, they did see him as that, you might expect Jesus to be put off by people who've messed up, that he would want to keep himself pure and separate. But the opposite's true. Jesus heads straight for the people who don't have it together, who've, who've been broken by life, to find the people who've been lost, uh, and this is why Jesus is called a saviour, uh, because he, he comes to save people from themselves and from other things that, that hold them captive. And often it's when people hit rock bottom that they find Jesus. Jesus is down there with them, he's giving them help and strength, and he's there as a saviour. There are so many stories of people who reach the end of their rope only to find Jesus was there waiting for them. So, says Paul, Jesus is really important for so many people today. Oh, Jesus, it's just like a, a swear word. But the, for me this morning, some words from an ancient letter that was written 
about 2,000 years ago, they're asking me some big questions. Who is Jesus for me today? And what difference is that going to make for me today and in the rest of the week ahead? So let's just, let's just think about that. Let's just turn to God in, in prayer for a moment. Lord Jesus, pray that you'll, in the peace of this service, you'll speak to our hearts and challenge us afresh with who you are and who you are for us. Uh, we pray that you'll give us hope in troubled times and help us know what it means to live for you in the world of today. In your name we pray. Amen.